The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, beyond, beyond. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 303. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's only about eight episodes away from episode 311. Oh, man. You're all set to just get us in so much legal trouble. <laughs> all the legal hot water playing your 311 songs. And a very special guest today, ladies and gentlemen. You know from Podcast Beyond, episode 300, Chris from Life in 24 Frames. Word. How Hi. you doing? Good. What the hell thinks you think you're so special? You get I, to come beyond podcast beyond. I guess so. Internet's most yeah. beloved podcast. It's an honor. Um, so <laughs> thank you for playing podcast beyond 300. We haven't talked about that yeah, really. Thanks, other than thanks other, for having yeah, me. Oh no, fun. please, it was awesome. You're phenomenal. Got to, you got to play with that Troy Baker. We did. That was the first time I ever met Troy. Yeah, he played. He literally news. got off the plane and played one of our songs with us. That's pretty awesome. It was yeah, it was crazy. All right, so you talk a little bit more in your mic here. So, anyways, <laughs> Troy Baker comes right off the plane, starts playing with you. Yes. Oh, there we go. That's better. Much better. <sighs> was he nice? He was, he's, a, he's a gentleman. He's too skinny for my taste. I'll tell you what. He's, a, he's, he's something else, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on right now with Life in 24 Frames? You guys, obviously, <clears throat> we met, you know, on 300, we give you the synopsis, everybody, that you know, Life in 24 Frames has been around a while. They've been contributing to Ryan's wrap-up before it was even Ryan's wrap-up. Yeah. And now things are happening. Like two for, years. Yeah. Now things are happening for this band. Yeah. You guys, get, you, you, you were some sophomore in high school when we met you. And now look at you. You got a beard and you're all set. I grew it. I, yeah. 33 today. Oh, my God. You're fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks. That was your birthday <laughs> present. So what's going on with the band? Uh, the record's done. Okay. Um, pretty much. It's kind of sitting at the moment. We're trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh. I get to listen to it every day, but nobody else gets to listen to it. it kind of sucks. Yeah, that's not that's yeah. not good. That's not how you um, sell albums. Hopefully this fall. I kept saying this spring, and then I kept saying this summer. Hopefully this fall. Mm. We haven't decided how we're going to release it yet. Okay. So it will be out though. Nine tracks. Interesting. Yeah. If people want to know more about you, they should follow you on Twitter, right? On Twitter. What's the Twitter? Life in twenty four frames. That's easy. With the two four. The number twenty four. No, not spelled out, them. Colin. <clears throat> What's that? They call them numerals. Like the numbers? Yeah. Like. One, two, three? Yeah. No, Roman don't, numerals. Don't write them out. I, 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 I. Colin, what have, you, what have you been doing? How many albums you got coming out this fall? I don't know. My band broke up in college. Oh. Uh, was it you and Ramon? No, I was in a... I was in... I never really talked about this. No. This I, played drum, I played drums in like an alt-rock <laughs> band called Paper Champ on Long Paper Island. Champ? Yeah. That's a good for name. For like three years. Uh, we, were, we were... We had fun. We played like local venues and, and had like a little... Uh, I don't know, like a four-track demo. It was just something we did in college, and we had a good time. But we sounded like very much like what we wanted to hear on the radio, which was like Stone Temple Pilots or something like that, which okay. is not like what people listened to on Long Island in 2004 <laughs> or five, whatever it was. So, But it was fun. We had a good time. And those guys actually play in another band now that's actually much bigger than we were ever were. Are they um, Cement Champ? Yep, that's what they are. That'd be that's awesome, right, if they kept that going? Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they all actually switched up. Like Our guitarist is, is now playing bass and... The old drummer of the band before I joined is back. That's weird stuff, but but I'm happy for their success. Uh, otherwise, I'm just fucking shot. Yeah, be honest with you. Yeah. It's Tuesday. Yeah, I'm just so tired, dude. It's know. Tuesday already. Yeah, yeah. I know. and I'm yeah, just a lot of things to do. Always yeah. a lot of things to do at IGM. A lot of reviews going up this week. Dragon's Crown goes up tomorrow. I'm playing Tales of Zillia that will go up uh, next week. Mm. Um, Can't wait for that Dragon Tales. Yeah, Crown, Crown, 
What you th- you threw me with the <laughs> tales of Zelda. Yeah, yeah, it's it's too <clears throat> dragonzilla. Can we yeah. talk about that at all yet? No. Um. I I I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm two hours can. in. Can I talk about yeah, it? Yeah, it, yeah yes, whatever. You've put previewed it already, right? Yeah. That game is good. Yeah. Good lord, is that what I wanted on yeah. the Vita? I am having a ball. How's it, ru- how's it running for you? Good. Yeah, real well. Last night, the only time, uh, the only run problems I had last night is, uh, you know how you find bones for people mm-hmm. and you reanimate them and then you can come fight your mm-hmm. party. I had a team of like, I'm an, I play as an elf. I had another elf, and then I had two like uh, the little dwarfs. Uh, you know, like the guys who want to drink all the time. Yeah. And they, we, we and when we all literally all started running through one level, it kind of just got framey for a second. Yeah, on the Vita version, uh, uh, gets a little framey even online. Um, which is disappointing. I was playing with some dudes in Japan yesterday, Ooh. and uh, I was thinking that it was because the game I was playing with Japanese dudes that that it was running poorly. Not poorly, but just not running like 100%. But then I played it on PS3 with Japanese people, and it was running fine. I still think the PS3 version is the better version. Um, I know a lot of people want to play it on Vita. That's what they want on Vita, but I think you should. I think the PS3 version is the better version. But they're both... Just because it runs better? I, I just think the game gets so chaotic, as action RPGs in the, back in the day did. That the bigger screen is just more conducive to playing a game like this. There were points like the, the thing I found like I you know I've been demanding it on Vita and I have I've refused to play it on PS3 was is the fact that watching you play it and then when I'm playing it I know how beautiful it is and I enjoy how beautiful it is even on Vita but I know there's so much detail and everything I kind of feel yeah. like I'm cheating. People should get both copies. I mean our, our full review will go up tomorrow. We're live streaming the game tomorrow, which is probably already passed for most people that are listening to this. But podcast. if they weren't, it's Wednesday. What time? It's Wednesday, July 31st, 10 to 12. Uh, 10 to noon Pacific time we'll give away 10 copies of the game uh, 5 for PS3 5 for Vita um, I'm going to play it on hard mode so that we can avoid all of the story spoilers um, so How, how's that work? well when you beat the game uh, you level cap at 35 in Dragon's Crown and then it starts hard mode and you skip all of the story in hard mode ah, and go okay. straight to this part of the game um, I don't want to ruin it but there's a part there's a part in the regular quest where like it's like midway through to the end, there's something you do, and okay. then you just go right to that again. Gotcha. And then when you beat it on hard, then like ultimate or whatever unlocks, and that's like level seventy and above. Damn son. Um. So yeah. So I'm gonna play it on hard mode so I can show off the stages without showing off the story because there is no yeah. story once the game ends. This is cross buy, right? No. no, it's not. No. no, it's fifty bucks on PS3 <clears throat> and forty bucks on Vita. <clears throat> um. And I know people, you know, ninety bucks is a, a big thing. I, I would, I would say, you know, go for PS3 if you if you had to choose one, go for PS3. And I would say that it's definitely, absolutely, positively worth buying. But but we'll, you can read the full review tomorrow. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Mm. I have a question for you. Okay. I'm not trying to put you on the stop, but we're the spot, but we're the conversational podcast. Here. Yeah. So no pressure here. Okay. I'm not judging. Okay. You talked about you know hard mode and then ultimate mode. Right. Did you play through all those? No. Okay. Did I, you you got to hard mode and then I played I played yeah I fooled around with hard mode I beat the game I mean I I. I um, played the entire game by myself. Now, I think the game is really fun by yourself, and you can have AI characters, or you can play it like totally solo, or play it with your friends locally on PS3 only. Yeah, play it ad hoc on Vita if you want. Um, I think the game's really fun by by yourself. Um, I'm having a ball. And uh, yeah, I played it. I think it took me like 17 and a half hours to beat it as the fighter on normal mode, and I didn't do all the side quests, like not even remotely all the side quests. A lot of them are kind of tough. Yeah, um, I just didn't. I, I had to move on. Um, and I played like two two and a half hours with all the other characters so um we're talking about like 25 or 30 hours total yeah. with the game um and we've had it for so long that's why i'm so excited like we re- we were talking about this yesterday like rarely do we have a game that early yeah you know um you made the dynamite reference to killzone 2 yeah we, had, kills- we had like <laughs> four months early <laughs> yeah it was ridiculous like i don't know why we had killzone 2 that early that was i gotta go back and like figure out why we had that game like we got it in november it came out in, like january what, you gotta go fig- well, how are you gonna figure it out you're gonna go call they jeff might- haynes and get the scoop oh <laughs> jeff-, yeah, jeff haynes well no i was gonna ask them like why we why we got it, but none of the guys probably worked exactly there. um so yeah it's uh we had it like around e3 and i i wasn't allowed to talk about it for a long time um but, you know, I did all the previews, and people knew I was jazzed about the game. And, and you know, lo and behold, the game is, is really fun. Yeah. So, it's got problems. Um, but Every game does. Yeah. Um, but I think people are going to be really pleased. And the word out of Japan is that that game's selling <clears throat> like gangbusters. So, mm-hmm. um, I read on a, a translation of 4Gamer, which is a big Japanese website, um, that they sold out of their first run of games in, like, three days. Wow. So, um, and that the, the servers are totally populated when you play. You play with Japanese dudes, like, exclusively. I was looking for, like, seeing if I could just run into someone... In the states, but it didn't happen like that. So nice, yeah, it's cool. It's um, good um, news for the Vita. It is, it is. I think I'm interested to see how Vita sells, even though it's on PS3 as well. The Vita will get a bump because of Dragon's Crown here for sure. Even though we won't know because they don't announce the numbers, but in Japan we will see a bump. I'm sure. Um, 
So that's cool. And Killzone Tearaway are still coming. Yeah. Um, bunch Can't of other games. So. Well, there goes that time I was going to spend with Pixel Junk I was telling you about this morning. Well, you, got, you, you still got time. You got a whole, you got a whole couple days. Dragon Crown is next week, right? Dragon Crown is next week? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. You got a, you got a, Pixel Junk, that's no problem. Pixel Junk Monsters, an easy game just to plow through your first time. I still need to finish Guacamelee. It's not. It's really hard. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah Guacamelee is excellent. Uh, yeah, Pixel Junk. We've had Pixel Junk for like a week or two, right? And... Yeah. and God, that game really is hard. Like, like it's it, it, you know, I love Mushroom Wars on PSN, like mm-hmm. which is a great tower defense game. I would think actually even a little bit better than Pixel Junk. Ooh, and um, but that game's manageable. Like Pixel yeah. Junk is ruthless. Like it, because it's a very specific thing. Like I, I kept dying. I was laying on the couch like last week playing, and I kept I kept dying on like the twentieth round over and over the nineteenth wave over and over again. I was like, damn it, yeah. you gotta do it all over again. Yeah, fun game though. Yeah, it's, it's I put in the review right, and I mean obviously this is the fourth review for Pixel Junk Monsters, pretty much, and that's the thing about it is that the the how charming it is in that even though it does hand you your teeth sometimes, it just beats the living fuck out of you. There's always that incentive to come back, even if it's a day later, right? You put it down, and it's like I always pick it back up. I'm never I never put it down in frustration and like I am done. I never want to play this game again. Right. You know, like Deadpool. Like no, I I, oh, I did that with Deadpool. Right, the yeah. final boss or the three hours into it. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, like the lead up to the final boss of Deadpool, I was like, nope, done. This game is not fun, and I'm not doing that. I just want to keep ridiculous. playing it for Nolan's yeah, yeah. voice and yeah, Deadpool's and, hilarious in the game. It's great, but I just it was too repetitive for me. Yeah, yeah. no, I get that. No, it's it's mindless <clears throat> for sure. Let's begin the show with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news! There are only seven items on the list this Can week. we start with a, a wild card number one? Sure. It's a shout-out to Kotaku, believe it or not. Their writer there, Shane Roberts, mm-hmm. he wrote an article about XCOM declassified pre-orders, Walking Dead Vita bundle. He called it Money Saver. I think it's a column he goes through and tells right. you what's happening. However, he started... Smart idea, actually. He started the column with... Quote, I could pay full price, but if I wanted to see what games I could save money on, where would I go? And then he starts another quote, you'd go to the official list of gaming deals on all 15 plus platforms by the commerce editor. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, Shane. Thanks for being a big on listener. uh, Congratulations on writing for Kotaku, too. Congratulations. That's big. Um... Surprised you didn't save that until we did the list of upcoming PlayStation software. Well, we just did the time for some news. it's It's kind of emerging... Of different things. Right. I'm so tired, dude. Oh, you? Th- oh, I see. Maybe the do 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 was do. <laughs> I see. Maybe I, I put the do do in the wrong place. He was doing do 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 do. Yeah. yeah Either way, it's a show. You don't know your own show. I don't really know the show. It's what, hard, how it's long hard do to I come do across it now? Text. It all just runs yeah, together. True. It's the text. It's Some, the text. <laughs> somebody go get Roper. He'll take back over. Man, I don't know why I'm so tired. All right, number one. Friend of podcast beyond Shuhei Yoshida clarified over Twitter how Vita can be used as a PS4 controller. He told a fan that unless a game, quote, is specifically programmed, end quote, to allow Vita to be used as a controller, it won't be. Uh, some people were confused about this. No. This shouldn't be internet? confused with the fact that all PS4 games will be playable on Vita via remote play. They're two different things. So what he's saying is that, like, natively, you cannot use the Vita as a PS4 controller unless the game is designed to accommodate the Vita. But every PS4 game will be playable on Vita. Right. Via remote play. So sure. I want to make sure mm-hmm. people... That, that, that story had, like... An absurd amount of comments. So, not as absurd as that RAM story that had like 38,000 comments on it. Yeah. I didn't know everyone cared about RAM so much. You put PS4 in any headline and you were just, it's out of bounds on what the hell's going to happen. I never saw anything like that. I was like, like, we've been doing this podcast for how many years now? Six? A a long time. Six and a half? You you put PS4 in the headline, all of a sudden there's just a million people in the comments talking about nothing. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I don't know if they listen. That's the problem. No, no. (laughs) I think they just show up in the article. That's probably, that's a good point. Then go yell in the comments. Number two, this is an interesting story. To me. Colin. Yeah. I love you. I'm sure your story interests you. It's going to interest me. No, yeah, no doubt. Activision has opted to buy $5.83 billion in shares back from its parent company, Vivendi, essentially taking the controlling share of Activision away from Vivendi completely. Vivendi now controls about 12% of the company. They had a majority share before. Um, And they have 83 million shares. Now, this is the interesting part. The buyback accounted or amounted for 429 million shares with an additional 172 million shares being purchased by CEO Bobby Kotick and co-chairman Brian Kelly. So that's weird. Yeah. Even after the share buys, Activision Blizzard has an astounding $3 billion in liquid cash. <laughs> Chris, so, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's, that's more money than you and I ever have. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's a record deal pending right now. So. Oh, well. <laughs> Can I be your roadie? <laughs> it's just unbelievable that they used – like so the whole story – this is really fascinating. I don't know if people have been paying attention to this. Vendy's in like a lot of trouble. I haven't been paying attention to this. And 
I've been reading this, yeah. Yeah, and like they they owe like a ton of money. They owe like bill like it's like twelve billion dollars or something in to creditors. And they were gonna raid Activision for their profits to the tune of like five billion dollars. Just take money because they're allowed to do that as the majority owner of the company. Um, and basically Activision worked out a deal with them where they can they'll just pay them for their shares and they can take the money and pay some of their debts, but then they don't they can't do it anymore. Now they like have a, 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 a you know, one tenth of the company. Gotcha. So they can't raid it anymore. Mm. Um Good old Bobby Kotick. And then, yeah, and then the... C- oh, yeah. So, Jim Riley's so, best fan. Yeah. And then Bobby Kotick has friends at a venture capital firm, I guess, or is creating some sort of venture capital firm where, like, they bought another 20% of the company or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's all weird, but they're going to go public with the shares that they bought back, I think. So, um, I just don't know how a company can have that much money to spend. Like, in other words, like, Activision was so successful, even though Vivendi was still hemorrhaging money, which means that Vivendi's, like, other properties are even worse. That's good. Uh, that's not good. Yeah, that don't, it's just, it's kind of weird. Business right. analyst Chris says that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. No, it's not good at all. <laughs> Number three, a Gran Turismo movie is being created following the popularity of Universal's Fast and the Furious franchise. That's not the same thing! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the story I, says. I'm not, I'm not arguing you. I'm not shooting the messenger here. <laughs> Sony has tapped Fifty Shades of Grey producers Mike DeLuca and Dana Brunetti to lead the charge in the movie although no other details are currently known. I don't know why you make a Gran Turismo movie. But I'm going to say that's not good. I, I'm going <laughs> to... Movie analyst Chris says I'm just that's saying. Good. I bet you it never happens. It's, yeah, totally. Probably like, Where's not. my Uncharted movie, right? They buy, You snap up these licenses and try to make something work. And I'd, I'd love to say it wouldn't happen, but the, you look at movies like there's a Battleship movie. You know what I mean? Like dumber movies have been made. Yeah, they did make a Battleship they movie. Did Bowl, make a battleship. Maybe Bowl's going to make it. Oh, God, yeah. Just, every video game goes to Bowl. <laughs> Number three. Oh, no. I already read number three. Number four. I really am tired. It's okay. Square Enix's Tetsuya Nomura has confirmed that Kingdom Hearts 3 will not be the last game in the series. The trilogy as originally envisioned ten years ago with the first game will conclude with three, but he noted to the LA Times that, quote, the series will continue. So that's good news. Yeah. People like Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Yeah, people love Kingdom Hearts. So I have a question for you guys. Oh, good. Do you think Star Wars characters are going to be crossing into the Kingdom Hearts I sure hope games? so. I saw that story. With the, with the aqua... Yeah. Yeah, like Disney and... Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, it's... I want that. God, I, I want hope some not. Spider-Man, some Captain America. The story won't even make any... It won't even mean anything. The story doesn't make it any sense <laughs> Don, oh, you know, Donald Duck's hanging out with a sword. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. It's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just jibber-jabbering. I don't know. Some, I wouldn't be surprised. You got some goddamn guys riding a keyblade down the street on a skateboard? I don't know what the hell's happening over <laughs> no, there. No, I don't... I was never into Kingdom Hearts. But I am going to play the remix, like the HD remix. Remix. Uh, I wish they put it on Vita, too, like they did. I tried it on 3DS. No, he didn't like it. I, I can't. I, I just can't get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, those games do well. I'm surprised they waited so long to do like an, an actual canon, like, 3. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Disney paid, what, $4 billion for that shit? So they mm-hmm. probably were going to yeah. try to get into as many things you as they can. Disney Infinity Star Wars characters. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Sony released a video that confirms and clarifies some things about PlayStation 4. For starters, Party Chat will be free for all users, and PS Plus is only required to play games online, not use services and apps. We really already knew that. The DualShock 3 won't work with PS4 at all. The move will, unfortunately. And your friends list can now accommodate 2,000 people, up from 100 on Vita and PS3. It and seems up, like totally unnecessary. And, to- and up from the 1,000 they told us when they debuted yeah. the PS4. Is that 2,000 now? Yeah, 2,000. Yeah. Um, and, uh, wow. I, this has probably something to do with Facebook and, like, yeah. all sorts of shit. Yeah, 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 Uh, still, the big hanging question is, can you change your name? Why won't they just answer this question? Because it's bad news. Yeah. You don't it, talk it, about bad news. Yeah, I, but... They, How much are those Vita memory cards? Don't worry about it. This, the system <laughs> itself, only $250. <laughs> it just... There's gotta be... I understand the technical reasons behind not being able to change your PSN name on PS3. And, in fact, you can change your name in Japan... Uh, but you can change how your name appears, but not the back-end name. Right. So there's already a system on PS3 in which will be mirrored on PS4 worldwide where you're going to have, like, two different names. So obviously I can call myself whatever I want. I'm still going to be Moriarty-IGN, which is fine. Are you sure you don't want to be Fart Knocker? I'm going to be Fart Knocker 420. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm just confused about – it can't be that hard to do, like, now. Now that they have, like, a whole new, you know, system and a whole – It's a know, great microtransaction. Yeah, ninety nine cents. I'll, you can change your name. Ten okay. bucks. That's what they do on Xbox. Like, just I, people would gladly like. I see threads of people being like, "I made this name in two thousand six or on PSP or whatever," and it's like, I don't want this name anymore, and I've had it for eight years. I stand yep. by the fact that this is a lesson for all those people that you got to learn. It's unfortunate. It works. Be an adult. <laughs> it's ridiculous that <laughs> you can't over change. Greg, that's what you need. To do. I still think you'll be able to change your name. Num- that's gonna be the big Gamescom reveal. 
<laughs> oh, in one more thing. Yeah. Don't like being Long Dong Silver? <laughs> you can change that. Long Dong Silver's my boy. I know. Number six. Two new Vita games have been announced. One is Real Boxing, which is an iOS and Android game. Comes to Vita in late August. It's supposed to be actually pretty good. Uh, the other is Miss Germinator, the sequel to Germinator, huh? which will uh, also be released in August and will come to PS3 as well. Real That's Boxing's fun. Oh, yeah. you have it? Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. What what is it exactly? Is it like frantically tapping the screen? Yeah, kinda. Nah, it's 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 fight night ish. Yeah, it looked it looked the graphics. It's, it's yeah, on, it's, it's on not Unreal bad. Three, it, it looks nice. Yeah, I'm not gonna play it, but no, I won't play it on my Vita. Number seven, the new North American PlayStation perks are as follows. Yeah, Dokoro on PS Vita is free. That's one of the best games on Vita. So now I can play. finally play it. Pixel Junk Monsters Ultimate HD on Vita is 20% off. Yeah. Bringing it down nice. to 11.99. Max Payne 3 is 20% off. Max that brings Payne? it down to 7.99. <clears throat> Max Payne is 20% yeah. off and it's It's $10 normally apparently. What? Yeah. That can't wow. be a typo. No, it's not. Max Payne 3. Yep. The one that came out from Rockstar as a disc-based game yes. less than a year ago. Yes. Holy shit. Maybe a year ago actually now. Oh, I, I'll have I to play need this back paper. through it for my trophies. Yeah, I, I um <laughs> I, I the trophy's supposed to be tough in Max Payne. It didn't. I love Max Payne. Like, I played I, it. I unfortunately I played it on my 360. Oh no, no! So I'm gonna have to go back now no, and play it on my PS3 mm, mm. to get my trophies. This is why you just gotta dedicate yourself. One platform. <laughs> to the tro- yeah, to the, yeah. the trophies. You play the exclusives on the other platforms. That's what I did for a long time, but then eventually I made the switch, mm. and now I'm playing catch up. Mm. Mm. I love catch up. You do. You put it on everything. Every, everything. Yeah, I put it on everything too. I put it on my macaroni and cheese. Oh man, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, it is. I like, putting, I like putting Tabasco on my mac and cheese, so I can expect some of that. I dip my grilled salt. cheese in ketchup. Yeah, it's kind of like mac and cheese. Yeah, that's ketchup. ketchup goes with everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. I love it. I put ketchup. I noticed that you have a few bottles of Crystal up on the uh, on the fridge. I, I had a nightmare the other day. Yeah. Not, a, I lived a nightmare. I should say. Oh. Came home to make my wings. You know, I, I like making wings, and uh, I get home. I get them all made up. It was a bad day already too. Something had happened. I wasn't. I wasn't happy to begin with. And I get home and I'm making the wings and I go to get buffalo sauce. There's no, I'm out. I'm out of hot sauce. And so I had to like scrape together some wing sauce out of this one little thing I had, and it barely covered the wings. I was not thrilled. So the next time we went to the grocery store, I bought three bottles of Crystal Hot Sauce and just came and, just put, and put it next to the three bottles of Italian dressing we have. We are it, it, so on top of our fridge. This is a breakdown of our fridge. There's three bo- bottles now of Crystal, three bottles of Italian dressing, which is a joint venture between you and I, and then three bottles of what is it, oil and vinegar yeah. that Steimer has because yeah, she's true. like insane. We all have our one insane condiment that we're backed up on. Just in case everything goes to hell. Like Plus Twinkies. the backup ketchup and the backup mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. Gotta have that backup mayonnaise. There's nothing worse than not realizing you don't have any mayonnaise. Nothing. Nothing was worse. Well, World War II was having, finding out you have old mayonnaise is actually oh. worse. But that's not a problem for me because I, I eat I bought a jar of mayonnaise every 10 days or so. so. Yeah, you go through it way too fast. There's <laughs> no, no way it has any time to go bad. Because you got to have that gelatinous kind of thing going on with the mayonnaise. You yeah. know, like, like once you let mayonnaise sit even for a few months, it's still yeah. good, but then it becomes creamy. It, it, and clear. Yeah. Sometimes it gets clear, uh, and then yeah. I gotta wing it. It's not. Yeah, yeah. it's not. not I'm, I'm not into that. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. These are good conversations with Colin. <laughs> Somebody should look into that. Uh, uh, that's Chris. It. Yes. I understand the Max Payne thing, and I understand Dakuro, and I understand Dragon's Crown's coming up. But if I wanted to play games that are out right now, where would I go to find out what's in stores before I go to the mom and grop shop? The upcoming. IGN list. Not even <laughs> close. I just, I, on my way here on the bridge, I wrote it down in my in my notebook or my notepad on your on your phone. Then? On my phone, if I can get I like them out your of NES belt buckle. Tight jeans. Or, yeah, what about NES that? I like your NES tattoo. I've seen the tattoo before. You're hardcore. You got a Hulk shirt on too. I do. My beard covers his head though. Yeah, mother I'm really not in beard. The official IGN list. Of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. That's correct. Do, 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 Very do. well done. Well done. Special shout out to Kotaku Shane Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on PSN, Cloudberry Kingdom, which is supposed to be very good and extremely hard. I, I don't like know if you saw the trailers. I like whenever Colin says something outrageous, such as a title like that. He, he like his eyes flutter like involuntarily like seventeen times. Hey, I didn't name it. I know. The game looks fucking nuts. Well, I've, looks, I, I've heard of it, and I know I've seen it, but I can't place it right now in the grand scheme of it. What, it's like a really hardcore, like, side-scrolling game. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's actually got other elements, like like more 
3D platforming elements too, but I could be wrong. But the game, I watched a new trailer for it today, and it looks fucking nuts. It looks really, really good. Um, we have a review of that going up today. I don't know what we gave it. Uh, Narco Terror, which is a fucking awesome name for a game. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. We're not going to review it. The Last Bounty Hunter. I don't, I think, The Last Bounty Hunter, isn't that an old game? Right? I I've never heard it. I feel mm. like that's an old arcade game. Maybe not. I mean, it might just be, yeah, be a friend. Like, Spy Hunter keeps coming back. Yeah. Different things. Once time, one oh, time remember when Spy Hunter came to Vita? I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, God, it was terrible. Was it? I it didn't was play. so bad. Because uh, it was just the 3DS port, or the DS port, I think, at the time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks for trying. <laughs> on Vita, Pixel Drunk Monsters Ultimate HD. 9.0, IGN.com. Fun game. 21 bronze trophies, no platinum. Lame. No platinum. No. I thought that was a wasted, especially because that's a first party game. Yeah. Well, second party in the game, technically, but they own it. Yeah. You think it would get. The, all games should have platinum trophies. All of them. Yeah, this is Colin's I agree. Platform for running for president. Uh, and Puzzle by Nikolai Five. Slitherlink is coming to Vita. That so I guess good. I guess the Sudoku one sold pretty well. Huh. Uh, PS2 Classics: Fatal Frame Two, Crimson Butterfly, Classic. Uh, classic. And PTO Four, which of course means paid time off. It's an office simulator. That sounds fun. That's it. I yeah. made that up. I have no idea what that game is. I like that it was. I think that is what PTO means. Yes, you know that problem. Let's check in with the listeners. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, if Hi, you listeners. want to be part of the show, beyond at ign.com, just like Blaine did. Hey guys, was wondering if any of you are going to stand in line or go to a midnight release for the PlayStation Four, or are you all just ordering online and getting it in the mail? What do you think about people standing in line for consoles? Are there any other obvious options? I, I I'm an old man. I ordered online. I did too, and I hate to break your heart, but we'll have the console early here. Sure. Of so, <laughs> so, so, we, we, we will obviously have like a few debugs and a few retails to test the games out because we'll have all of our reviews ready to go. I have no, by the way, I have no details about when this is going to happen or sure. when the system comes That's, out. This is how it works. We though. literally do not know any of this information. But we know that you know, this is our first console launches you know, since we've been here, except for uh, PlayStation Move. Yeah, PlayStation and the PSP Move go. and Vita. And the, oh, the Vita. <laughs> I like how, in my mind, it's PlayStation Move, <laughs> PSP Go. Oh, yeah, then there was the Vita. Uh, but this is like our first big launch, so we right. have to. We'll, we'll obviously get it early in some sense and then have to split up the reviews. Um, but for my own personal unit, I ordered it from Amazon. And it's telling me right now it'll ship when it's available, yeah. which I am not pleased with. Mm. I ordered it at E3. I ordered it right after the conference that right. night. So. I haven't looked into what my ship day I, I have. I have two coming from Amazon. That's exciting. That but, yeah. seems totally unnecessary. Well, it's because I didn't realize I had two Amazon accounts going, mm-hmm. and I have one like that's mine that has like Prime on and everything. And then I accidentally ordered one from the wrong one at E3, and when I couldn't figure it out, I finally figured it out. But then we bought that kid one front for uh, oh, right. Podcast that's right. Beyond three hundred. So I wasn't gonna. Actually I'm just gonna say I wasn't no? actually gonna do it. No, okay. no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, mine's coming locally. What are you doing? GameStop. Ah, smart. Yeah. There you go. Smart. Yeah. I've been. I've stood in line for every console since the SNES. You can still stand in line for this one. Go there. You no. like to get in line when the doors open no. and stuff. You think you're it's ge- it's reserved? I I was there like day one. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, it's a different world now. This the, the reason I brought this question up. IGN's been doing a bunch of stuff about your first console launch. We put in uh, stories about the first console we bought with our own money, and mine was the PlayStation Two. I worked at Walmart. I think I've told this story a million times. So uh, I worked at Walmart for a summer to do it, and then I hated the job so much that when I would leave Walmart on my lunch breaks, I would go next door to Best Buy and buy DVDs, and then go sit in the car and read the back of the DVDs, like waiting. I'm like, this is why I'm doing it, so I can watch these DVDs. I can see what Kevin Smith's saying in this Chasing Amy. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I used to. Buy so many DVDs. Like if you look at my DVD collection from like '99 to 2002, yeah. it's pretty legit. Yeah. Well, I but buy them I think, all that summer, that and thing. then you know when it was time for the, the launch of the PlayStation Two, I, I we we left school early. Me and my friend Adam, and we went and waited in line at a Meyer store, and we got we were the first two in line. Got there, waited in line for nine hours to get it. Yeah. This time, yeah, I'll just wait patiently for my personal one to come. Maybe we'll go do something with people that are waiting online. Yeah, we I'm always talk about that, that but then we're always exhausted. <laughs> and then there'll be an embargo, and then there'll be this. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I gotta worry most about reviewing these games, getting the content up. Yeah, that's the job. It's a good point. Darius Staples writes in. He says, "Hello, my name is Darius, and Hello, I have a Darius. concern when it comes to the development of games. More specifically, when it comes to games being released for the PS Vita. From what I understand, the Vita is very powerful, and that's the reason I bought one. I expect to be able to enjoy quality games that approach console quality, but more and more games are being released that I feel." would be more at home on something like an iPod. Basically, I was wondering why more developers don't take advantage of the PS Vita's power and produce more games like Uncharted or Wipeout. 
the reason, and I, I will let Colin take it from here, is that the PS Vita is not selling well. Yeah, I mean, why, first of all, the games you named are first-party games, so that they're obviously going to make games to to support their system. I still say Uncharted's the most console-quality game on the console still, and that's a launch game. Yeah. Um, it's just easier and cheaper to make a game like Hotline Miami and port it to the system, and, and you know, even a game like Assassin's Creed Liberation did really well. It sold, like, 600,000 copies or something like that, but... Um, which is an extraordinary amount of copies for a Vita game. Um, but, like, what does the return look like? These are big corporations. If you're making, like, $10 million, $20 million in profit, it's not really worth it. You know, not for a company that has huge margins. So, I don't know. It's disappointing. It's actually becoming a bit of a problem, I think. Um, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the can indie it games survive? are great. I mean, can no. it survive with the... the <clears throat> what it's going for right now, right, is this niche market that loves PlayStation, wants this device, and wants those kind of games. And it seems like as long as we are getting games like Dragon's Crown, which are going to be, you know, whatever, 100 hours, 50 hours, you know, Persona, stuff like that, um, hopefully kills them. I don't know how long it'll be or whatever. As long as you're getting those every so often, doesn't the fact that then, then there are awesome indie games like Guacamelee or things like that floating around. Yeah, but, I mean... There are a lot of, like, retail-caliber games coming out for the system. I mean, that Batman game is coming out. Right. And, uh, you know, and a lot of RPGs, like, Ease is coming out, which is Celsita, which is, like, looks really cool. I played it at E3, and a lot of, like, kind of more niche Japanese games. But it is becoming a problem that, like, there's only indie games and, like, smaller games available. Like, I like the 5 and $10 game, but it's actually going in, like, the wrong direction now. Like, you need to really have both. Like, sure. and you need to have lots of both. They need to start asking these, you know, they can't internally make all these games themselves, especially with PS4's focus now. They need to start getting some companies to make Vita games. And I still really think that we're going to get, a Vita, like, some significant Vita game announcements at Gamescom. I hope uh, so. Yeah, me too. Like, I feel it in my, I'm saying, I, keep, I feel it in my gut we're going to get an infamous game on, on Vita. I sure I hope like, you're right. We have to. Yeah. Like, and that would be fucking That's bonkers. the end-all be-all for me. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'll hibernate with my Vita for a month while yeah. I platinum it. Oh, hell yeah. And... Killzone is like we've played Killzone a bunch. Killzone's really good. Yeah. So like I, I, I'm I'm optimistic we get that game soon, and I'm optimistic that that's going to actually be really fun. Um, Tearaway, neither of us are really sold on that game yet, but we haven't really sat down and played it. In the, it looks in the, cute. Yeah. It looks like a cute little game. A game. I think it's going to sell really poorly. In no, there's no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Mm. Killzone can sell. We'll sure. see. Like we'll see. We'll see how it does. But I mean, yeah, they I need feel to like have more I feel like what they're doing right now, at least. I think they're doing the same thing we can't talk about with the PlayStation 4 and a smaller thing. Let's double down. Let's bet on the gamers. Let's bet on the core gamers who are going to support this platform no matter what. And then, hopefully, when the PlayStation 4 hits and comes out and people realize they can play stuff on their Vita, they go to look into a Vita and they find out that there's all these games they missed. Yeah. I think that that's, that's obviously the only end that they have right now. Right. You know, I don't know. It's, it's disappointing. You know, like, the Vita is such a dominant handheld it really is it just needs a little bit of love and i understand completely why publishers and developers don't want to give it any love why would you yeah you know Your like sony's got to do it first sony's got to do the heavy lifting mm. even if they have to start paying remember that psp sold really well initially because of the grand theft auto games so mm. um and monster hunter i guess huh yeah Mo- monster hunter I, and- that's what i'm waiting for yeah. that's what i was hoping in soul sacrifice which it that wasn't yeah, Soul Sacrifice was good. It was I, it was fun. I played through it, yeah. but it wasn't what I exactly what I wanted. Yeah, right. me neither. I'm waiting for that inevitable God of War, yeah, Vita announcement. Do you regret buying your Vita? Absolutely not. Yeah, stood in line for it. There was a line <laughs> for that. That's hard to believe. Yeah, yeah, Vita Vita is awesome. Days. I don't regret it either. And a lot of good stuff. I love it. There's a ton of there's like you always say. There's a ton of great games for it. I don't know what people's deal is. There are a lot of good games where it's a myth that there are no There's games. more games than I can play right now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I'm super excited still that, like, Dead Nation's coming, which I think oh, is per- yeah. absolutely perfect for, for Vita. Yeah. Um, and I know these are ports, and we don't want more ports, and I, I totally feel that. But, you know, I mean, it's they're like, doing that's... It, they're, you know. I think the ones they're porting right now are the ones they should be, right? Like, you, we were talking about it before, right? Like, a lot of people miss Pixel Dark Monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about how great that game is, but it did get released way early in the PlayStation 3 life cycle when a lot of people hadn't really adopted the synth system. And I don't know how many people went back to get it on PSN, regardless of that. And then it got put on PSP, which isn't another platform that was selling gangbusters. And then, same thing, Dead Nation. Again, Dead Nation was released right in the meaty part, right, as the PlayStation mm-hmm. was getting some footing and going, but it like I think the people who adopted 4 Uncharted 3 and stuff like that didn't double back to go play that. Yeah, Dead Nation's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. Remember, remember when we couldn't play it online because our friends list was were full? Yeah, nobody, there was this weird nobody knew bug. how to figure that and fix that. Yeah, there was this weird bug with Dead Nation. For pre-release. Yeah, for or was, pre- it was actually at release, too. Yeah, right? no, it was. It they, was the they, same thing as Wipeout, I think. Yeah, they patched too. it, yeah, where um, if, you had a, if you had a max friend list, the game would freeze when you went to play it online. Right. Well, 2,000 now, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sure Dead Nation's no going to run like a, yeah, like a million bucks. 
Stoopkit writes into beyond.ign.com. He says, recently I was watching the PlayStation conversation on The Last of Us Developer Diary where there was a shot of someone's computer screen that displayed some seafaring folks. This got me thinking that it could be connected to The Last of Us single-player DLC. Here's where we get spoilery. Mm. We're going to start talking about what I we know what he's going to say. Yeah. yeah, I know. So just this is your chance to turn it off right now. Or skip ahead, I guess. Don't turn it off. All right. Potentially Ish's story because he was on the boat at the time the infection began. Not Naughty Dog's PS4 game. So what do you guys think? Could that have been a leak for the inclusion of Ish's story? Or do you think the pictured sailors look too 18th century to be in the game? Yeah, I still think that that's from a new game. Yeah, I think I, I would love to say that, yeah, that's... I, I still think it'd be awesome to do Ish's story. I think that'd be fantastic. That would be so good. Because like, I feel like I know him, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like Even though we just read his things, we have to walk with his whole story from the boat to the camp that fell apart. You know, the, the guy who had to kill all the kids and stuff like that. Like... Heavy, heavy shit. And now I'd be super interested to see play as him and do his stuff. Yeah, it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. But, but I, I still think those that stuff is not from the last list. Yeah. Yeah. To answer your question, no. The stuff we saw with the 18th century looking dudes or the pirates or whatever you want to call them. Uncharted. I, I, I definitely don't – yeah. I definitely don't think that it was – a lot of people were trying to say, oh, that's the colonial uh, outfits you saw when you are in Boston. I'm like, no. Those are not the colonial outfits you saw in Boston. And so then the question becomes, yeah, is it Uncharted? Are they just Uncharted pirates? Are they a flashback to Sir Francis Drake and stuff like that? Who knows? Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm excited. That was a uh, a blunder, I think, on their part, regardless, to have that, that in the background. Yeah, I don't think that was on purpose. Colin? Yes. What do you want to see out of Last of Us DLC? Um, I don't know. I think it would be cool to have a thread that ties to the new game, since they're obviously going to do a sequel. Mm. Um, like, maybe just a month after they come back from camp, a few hours of gameplay, play as Ellie. Um, you know set things up for how they might do the sequel because there's no way they're not going to do a sequel to that game they can't they're not going to walk away from that no (laughs) what about you i would love to see issue story yeah i had a had a long long talk with troy about what he wanted yeah and he acted like he didn't know it but he knew something he's up to something yeah baker but we we both agreed that yeah that his story would be i would love love to play through that i would love to see it too but i don't think it will Right, like I mean, I don't think it will to generate a whole new set of assets and characters and actors and all the stuff. I think it's way easier, right, to just use Troy and Elliot or Troy and Ashley again. We'll see. We will. They don't take the easy way out. It's true. It's true. We'll see what they do. Um, Adam writes in with some topical video game industry news. Okay. Beyond. Beyond. After this whole thing that happened with Phil Fish last weekend, I was reading an interesting art- article by Ben Kucher here at Penny Arcade. He talks about the hate that creatives and critics get online and how the whole environment is toxic. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the matter. How do you guys deal with the internet hate you get? Adam. Hey, Adam. It's Podcast Hi, Beyond. Thanks for writing in. Hey, if you guys missed it, uh, Phil Fish, of course, he made Fez. Yes. He was working on Fez 2. I did 2. miss this. I was just going to ask, what, what the oh, hell he just was, happened? He was, making, he was making Fez 2. Then he kept – It's basically he got yelled at on the internet, right? Some On the internet uh, through game trailers, this oh. guy who had asked him for a comment. Phil, he asked – if I understand this correctly, everybody can correct me if I'm wrong. But the gist I heard – because, again, Phil Fish turned his whole Twitter account private and I didn't have any desire to really go look it all up. What I got told was Phil Fish got reached out to for a comment about indie gaming, told the reporter basically, I'm sick of giving out comments about indie gaming. The reporter talked some shit about him on uh, games uh, – crap, know. the video one. Game trailers. Game trailers. Game trailers. Thank you. I was trying to say game videos. Game trailers on one of their programs. Phil Fish then was like, I'm so – I can't deal with this anymore. Everybody's you know mad all the time. I'm canceling Fez 2 and I'm done. And he like protected all his tweets. Is that in a nutshell? Yeah, I think basically. In a nutshell, wow. right. Because he's also dealing with other people on Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he wasn't just this one thing. It was the buildup of people yelling at him. <clears throat> Internet bashing is tough. Yeah, that's the big part of it. And I think this is something I've talked to with other developers. There is a, you know, a bunch of developers who, when you're making a game, you work on one game for two, three, if you're the Team Eco, 20 years. And then you put this game out, right, and that's when all these comments start coming about how they don't like this, they don't like this, they nitpick everything about it. Oh, yeah. And I... I went to lunch with a developer who just put out a AAA game that was beloved by critics, and then they were totally held up by the fact that people were saying this, that, and the other against them, right? That they mm-hmm. didn't like the game because of that and this. And I was like, I understand what you're doing, but you have to understand that 
what you're doing is the microcosm of what IG, what I do for IGN, right? Is the fact that we have a vocal minority who likes to, who is very vocal, who will pop up on your Twitter and say they hate you and you suck and this sucks and up at noon is terrible and this review's bad and blah. But then you look at the numbers from behind the scenes and you see that millions of people read that article or watched this video and you have 200 comments and then there's a dozen comments and they're calling you names and stuff. Yeah. 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 That's that, the internet. Yeah, exactly. And it's easy for us to do it because we get to do it every day, right? And Colin, I mean, Colin and I both struggled with this, I think, when we first got here. Like, you feel like you did really good work. You put up this really good thing. You, you know, bust your butt. You met the embargo. Here it is. And then the first thing you get back is there's a typo here and you suck. I can't believe you have this job. And you're like, ah, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that weighs on you, but then you see it happens every time you publish. You know, it yeah, happens yeah. in everything. Yeah, it does. It, you can't escape it. it right. It, yeah. It's, uh, I care less and less about it as time goes on. And what, like, the, the thing that I was saying, uh, I actually tweeted about it a little bit. Was you know, you can just focus your energy on the people that like deserve your energy, which are the most of the people, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we go to Comic Con, like we're gonna go to Comic Con this October and do podcast beyond, right? Yeah. Like we, and we and we meet, and real quick, we don't know the dates from yet. Yeah, we'll get you all keeps asking us, but it's not even up to us. We submitted our panel. We sh- we're sure it'll get approved. We don't know when. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when that happens. False. But we go there. We meet hundreds of people, right? And we're sitting there and we're chatting and stuff. And like everyone's really nice and like they enjoy your work and it's like very respectful and stuff like that and kind. And you realize that that's most people. That's right. a majority right. of people, like a vast majority of people. You know, like. It's it's conventionalism, you know, because you study journalism, and, and people talk about it on Meet the Press every once in a while and stuff like that. Is that like, uh, if someone takes the time to message you, it's usually not because it's good. Yeah, you know, like it's usually because they're mad. Like people mm-hmm. are like, oh, that was fun. All right, I'm moving on. Like that was good. I enjoyed that. I'm going to move on now. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just like not the way people are. And when you reflect on like kind of your own interactions on the internet, when you get mad about something or, you know, an athlete. You know, like Sanchez throws an interception and I make fun of him. Like, I kind of think about those things now in a different way because yeah. I'm like, now, like, Mark Sanchez is going to go on his Twitter feed and he's just going to, it's just like everyone hates this dude. Yep. You know? And do you really want to contribute to that? And I guess what I'm getting at is you you get back what you put out. And I've realized that because I've become, I think, less, you know, my, personally, I'll talk about it very candidly, I've become much less brash than I used to be, you know, like I'm still, I know I'm known for being very opinionated and that's fine. Like, I don't care. That's never going to change. That's who I am. But, but like you really do, like if you engage with a troll or you engage with someone on Twitter, you're giving them energy. And I used to do it. I'm like, I can outwit you any day of the week and I'm going to do it. That's what they feed on. Yeah. And it's like, and you can't win. No. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I outwitted you, but you'll never admit it. Like it's, so it's like, you know, block, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and like, um, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine that works in another, um, another outlet about this this weekend and and i was just saying like you know life is just much happier when you just try to feed on the positivity ignore the negativity just block it don't give them any energy and that's what phil fish should have done i don't know this guy i've never talked to him in my life i didn't play fez i'm sure he's a nice guy whatever um but i also know he's known for being like super brash and getting involved in like super heated arguments and saying really inappropriate shit to to people and if you put that stuff out there you are going to get it back yeah now is this phil is this was fez his first game yeah i think so okay so it's gotta be tough his his big one right because he he gave the movie oh yeah yeah, yeah. and all that stuff because i i know i when I went to film school and when I first started doing film after film school, it was the same thing. You put these films out online and you get, you know, so many views, but then you get three people that just shit all yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah. And at first it's really hard to not engage those people and to, uh, you know, like go, go at war with those people. And, uh, you just eventually we get it with music all the time you google life in 24 frames on the first page there's probably two or three bad reviews sure sure this shit just happens you yeah. can't please everyone you no. know and and you gotta and that's okay it's art yeah you know and it really is like you know you know like when people make fun of me like people like hate 311 we talked about them earlier like people like hate that band i love them i think they're all, i don't like them much i don't like their shit now i think they're kind of terrible but that shit in the 90s is always gonna be good to me people can shit on it but that's them that's their prerogative and maybe they have they see it in a different way than i do um but, like, when you're on, like, I don't know, man. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. People, like, some people are taking the tact of, like, well, he's a big game developer and he's, like, basically, um, you know, look at his, like, he said it himself. Like, look at my life and then look at yours or something like that. Like, that's not really the appropriate way to, to go about it. Like, you can work at a local retailer making minimum wage. What really matters is, like, are you a good person? You know, do you take care of your responsibilities? Are you kind to people around you? Like, those are the things that really matter, and if you can feed off of those things, then like your life just becomes better. And I realize that personally, you know. Yeah, and I, I really was getting at back what I put out, you know. Yeah, and I stopped putting it out, and I stopped getting it back. You know, like it, it really is that easy. I know, but it, you know how I mean. I told you that 
early on, right? That's a lesson everybody has to learn on their own, and that's what I mean. I w- I wish we. I, I don't know Phil Fish at all, right? Like I think I actually tw- he, I got involved in a Twitter conversation with him like two days before he protected everything, where a kid was like, "You should have Phil Fish on up at noon." And he's like, "What's that?" And I explained it to him. He's like, oh, "I might be in San Francisco soon." I'm like, "Cool." And but it's like, if we were friends, right? Like it would be a call of like, dude, like. I understand what's happening and why you're so mad, but you gotta. I mean, it's easy. It's so easy when us who are totally desensitized to being called every name in the book to be like, you know, water off your back. Like it, it, it's more like you're, you know, you're like you're saying like, look at your, look at my life, look at your life, kind of thing, yeah. right? You can internalize that, right? Like that. I mean, like when when somebody does want to troll you or call me names or whatever, and they come up and they pop up and say that, that's kind of what I say, right? Like, yeah, we could totally get involved with this and totally. Tell, call this person out and do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. All we're doing is calling way more attention to it. Like, that's what they want, right? They have 98 followers. And when we say, hey, guys, look at this horrible person, it's more – if, if I argue, I become a news story, right? That's more of it that IGN goes after this community guy, blah, blah, blah. So you can just sit there with your internal, right, of like I get to do exactly what I want to do for a living. Everybody – even if this guy says I should be fired, everyone at work loves me and like loves the work we're doing. You know what I mean? It's behind us and – you know, you get to see what you're doing. And, like, I know that if you follow me on Twitter, I do occasionally retweet people who are coming after me. Yeah, but I'm retweeting the people who are coming after me who aren't the trolls. There's plenty of trolls who are fishing for it, right? Usually I retweet some guy who's like, man, you're such a fucking blah, 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 blah. And then he has, like, a Bible verse in his thing. And I'm just like, hey, here's irony. And I don't even say anything most of the time, right? I just want to – like, that's different than the troll who's out the – Hey, whatever, blah, 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 you and Colin are blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I – I don't know, man. It's just – it's so easy. It's so easy to get caught up in it and I did for a long time, you know? Yeah. Like let's have a battle of wits and you said something ba- about me or my friends and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and I'm not going to insult you. I'm just going to – you know, you know, I, I never got into flaming. I would just get into like feeding into it and being mm-hmm. like – you know, and it's just at, at some point a couple of years ago or whatever, I approached certain things the wrong way and like, like I had to learn those lessons. You know, I learned them and they were tough lessons to learn. They were really hard, you yeah. know, and yeah. – what you come out of is that, like, I have a. I used to look at it as, like, I have a soapbox and I'm going to say whatever I want, you know? And now I look at it and I'm like, I have a soapbox and I really have to be selective about the things that I say. You know, yeah. it's almost like more of a responsibility than, like, a right, you yeah. know? And so I try to, you know, I'll never stop talking about politics. I'll never stop talking about being a Republican. I'll never stop having an opinion about video games that might be contrary, contrarian to a lot of people. But, like, it's about putting the things out there in a more respectful way and, like, a way that can be interpreted in, in ways that are different than, like, I'm telling you exactly how I feel or whatever. And, like, yeah. I feel like this dude kind of – and a lot of other people get caught up in – they just – you know, like you said it. Like, we, we are so used to it, you know? And uh, that's kind of the, my first instinct, frankly, when I saw that. I'm like, come on. Like, But he doesn't know that. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, that, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I saw, like, okay. over time. I'm like, come on. Like, read my Twitter feed for one <laughs> day, you know? Yeah. And, but then I realized, like, yeah, everyone has to, like, kind of deal with it in their own way. And unfortunately, these things kind of play out publicly on Twitter sometimes. And it sucks. You know, it sucks, like, to have someone that's clearly hurt about something fall apart like that, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty different now, especially with the way game development is, with just him kind of being the core of what that game was. And with the way Twitter and stuff is, it's so much easier to reach one specific person instead of, like, a development studio as a whole. And somebody put it to me, I mean, really excellently on Twitter once when I did respond to somebody who was spewing hate at me or whatever. And they're just like, like, you get an at field. And like he's like, I can only see how many. But you must get, you know, 100 ats every so often or whatever. And you're responding to the one hate. But there's so many people who just want to talk to you about other mm-hmm. things. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, yeah. too. And that's why, yeah, I try to make a point now to block or ignore the people that, you know – piss me off or say things that are mean it always like this is the one thing that i think people like some people try to rise above the fray and act like it always stings when you read something about yourself yeah that it sucks like there's really mean shit out there that people say about me you know and you and and you and and, and everyone you know about your music about your writing about your friends about like the way you look whatever it always sucks but the one thing i said on twitter that i think resonated with people that i think is really true when we've experienced it when we had podcasts beyond 200 or 300 or com- we go to comic con we do all these things no one's ever said that to my face and they were- and they never would yeah. no you know yeah, yeah. and that and that's that what is- the internet's for yeah exactly and it's like <laughs> that that is it is the new letter to the editor it is the new way to say like i'm just going to sh- shit on you and mm-hmm. i don't have to deal with the repercussions of it and you kind of have to put it in perspective like that like they'll i am still waiting for someone to insult me to my face you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying it'll never happen. In fact, I would be like, you have balls because you're the first <laughs> well, one to ever do it. Well, now people are going to do it to you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> now you're going to walk out the building and boom, <laughs> it's going to be a crowd. <laughs> but that's that's the point is that like, you know, 
it takes balls to confront someone about something that really matters to their face. It doesn't take balls to insult someone on the internet. And you just have to put it all in the perspective. And you also just have to put out positivity if you want to get positivity yeah. back. And that was one of his major problems was yeah. that he didn't put out positivity. Like I don't I, I know stories about him. I don't know him, but I I've read things in the past where I'm like he said he said inappropriate things, so it's not surprising that people would treat him like that, but it doesn't mean it's okay to treat him like that. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I think there's a desensitization. This is something I always, this is the example I always give, right? Is like uh, once I was watching The Office with Steimer and it was terrible, like as The Office was leading up to this final season. This final season I thought was good. But I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. And I whipped out my phone and started a tweet that was at NBC should take at The Office out back and shoot it. You know what I mean? And Steimer's like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. And then she looked over and I was deleting it. And she's like, why are you deleting it? And I'm like, because this is the problem, right? Like, you don't think this through. Like, it, you. You watch things on TV and you say them in the vacuum of your living room and imagine if everything you said was then posted below that show. That's what the internet is, right? Like we don't think that somebody really tried to create that office. Even if we didn't like that episode of The Office, somebody worked really hard on it. And I can give construct- constructive criticism of why I didn't like it, where I thought it could improve, you know, blah, 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 blah. But just to say that it needs to be shot out back, like what, what, am I, what point am I trying to make? Now granted I have 140 characters, but – there's more eloquent ways to say that. You, yeah, know, the, you know, whenever, like, keeping up with the Kardashians on, I'm like, oh, God, these are the people who are the worst. They're not really the worst people. But I say that, and what if that posted below the show? And you look at somebody on TV and you think, oh, well, I'm, they, I'm, they have millions of dollars and I never have to worry about it. And people have that same relationship with the internet where they see, oh, man, Phil Fish makes video games. He's got Greg and Colin are on videos all the time. They, they will never see this. They're too important to see. That's why when we respond to comments or even tweets where I'm like, they don't even at me and they just say that I suck. I'll be like, sorry, trying hard. I'll try, you know, sorry, we'll try to be better next time. And they're like, oh my God, I was having such a bad day. I'm sorry. I you know, they don't, you don't think that people are actually going to read this stuff, which is weird. Yeah. That's the other thing is like if you ever search your name on Twitter or Google or whatever, it's like, it's, it's remarkable how many people like will say something on Twitter and not even have the courage to tweet you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. that's just, that just shows you the mentality, you know? <clears throat> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and so, man, it really, it really, really, really is just about having the, the, fucking fortitude to just rise above it and it's really hard and everyone stumbles every once in a while yeah. including me you know but like not me i'm good man you got to just be po- you got to just be more positive you know that's it you really like I- i'm telling you like it, i've just noticed a, a, a mark like ever since especially with the election over and stuff like that with, with, a, with a marked deceleration of the things that i'm saying on twitter that might you know bother some people or whatever yeah. um in terms of like politics or something like that i never said anything mean to anyone ever but like things that like are very controversial you just kind of like fucking take your foot off the gas for a little bit yeah. you notice that it's just it's just easier and more fun it works out yeah uh final question of the week comes from ryan he wrote in to beyond at IGN.com, just like you can. Uh, his question is one I got asked in person a whole bunch at Podcast Beyond 300 and pretty much wherever I go. So it's time we put it down on audio format one more time. Uh, beyond. My name is Ryan, and I am a senior in high school in Canada with a university just around the corner. I obviously have some major life decisions ahead of me. Seeing as video game journalism is one, video game journalism is one of my main options, I have a question for you. How difficult is it to find a job in your field of work? For example, if I graduate university with a bachelor's degree in journalism and a solid portfolio, will I most likely land a job in the field? What path did you guys to take to get to IGN? Any tips for furthering my pursuit? Thanks. Beyond. It's a big question. What I always say is, I mean, you've heard our stories before. Like, I have a degree in journalism. I graduated thinking I'd be able to walk on to EGM and have no problem. That was not the case. I worked at a newspaper for a year and a half before I got to IGN. I applied 12 times. On the 13th time, I got hired. I got interviewed. I got contacted via email, interviewed, and hired within 24 hours. And what changed for me was that I had been writing about games every day for six months. And that was what did it, is that I had experience on a blog and a weekly column. So what I tell everybody right now when people ask me about doing this is this job isn't – is it hard to get at this job? Yes, incredibly. There are not many positions. How do you stand out from the pack? Start doing it now. Get a blog and write every day. Start reviewing video games. Get a podcast started with your friends. Get a get your camera phone. Turn it around and put up YouTube videos every day talking about it. You are not out this. You are not out there to get views. You are not out there to get comments. You are out there to get experience. The reason I didn't get hired at EGM the million of times I applied or IGN the million times I applied is that they would say, "Give us sample reviews," and I'd be like, "Oh, okay," and I would sit down and review a game. 
I wouldn't I <laughs> I hadn't been doing this consistently. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't it's like a muscle, right? You got to work this craft. You got to get better and you you're going to suck in the beginning at everything you try to do. Look at our old videos, our old VOs for video reviews. We suck, but now we're really good because we did it all the time. If you get up, and I don't care if every one of your YouTube videos has three views on it, and when you finally apply to IGN and we can look at this thing, you've been doing it for a year, and we see how good you are on camera now, nobody's going to care about how bad you were when you first started. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm not sure much. Um, you know, it, it's Sorry, hard. I'm trying to – I know we're running low on time, so I just wanted to shove in. There. No, it's fine. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I think that the major piece of advice I'd give is to do it because you love it and not as a means to an end, if that makes any sense. Even though it will end up being the means to an end if you get lucky enough to get a job in this industry. You know? What do you mean? Like, don't come into this trying to get to developing? <clears throat> yeah, like, when I started writing for GameFAQs when I was 14, it wasn't because I wanted to get a job at IGN. It's because I fucking loved writing gotcha. video games. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And four years later, when I was 18, a freelance position was offered to me. I didn't seek it out. It was offered to me. And that's how I got into the fold at IGN, you know? Most of the time, that's how that works here, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's plenty of success stories. Like, you know, uh, Ryan Clements just responded to a post and got a job here. You know, didn't get, you know, he got contact that way. But Ryan Geddes, I had put out on the Mizzou listserv of other journalists, hey, we're hiring. Uh, you know, you knew someone here that was like, when these jobs come up, we go, oh, wait, I know this freelancer who's really good. Let's interview him. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're, we're having, you know, conversations with people that you know we're hiring some positions now and it's you know it's a very similar thing where it's like are you are you passionate about the games and are you is it a, a foot in the door or is it like is it just because you're doing it and you're good at it and so it ends up being a foot in the door later because the same thing happened when I went to Northeastern and, and I, I majored in American history so it has nothing to do with like journalism at all you know sure, and sure. I actually got to the point I was freelancing consistently for IGN like constantly that's how I made my living throughout college but by the time I was like a sophomore and a junior and I was working at Mass Historical Society and I was transcribing documents and I was kind of going in that direction it's when that happened that this fell into my lap you know right like it almost happens at unexpected times when you least ex- you know like you, it's really like when you least expect it you know, I was offered my job when I graduated college. It wasn't something that, like, I chased, but it was something that I had this, like, you said, a portfolio of things that I did and a lot of experience and, and a lot of dedication that proved that I wanted it. It wasn't me just trying to get a job here, yeah. you know? So I think that's important. You know, being authentic, I think, is what I'm trying right. to say. Yeah. Can, somebody, Very much so. When, when, I, when they called my references, like, they called one of my references who was in the newsroom, and I didn't get to hear what questions Dunham was asking her, but one of her responses was, yeah, you can't fake passion. You know what I mean? Like, that comes through. And I was, you know, on the phone with Roper and Dunham for the interview from Missouri, talking to San Francisco for the first time. I was way too enthusiastic and probably rambling and everything else, but they got to see that I really cared about this mm-hmm. and that I had all this work that showed I could do this. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a perfect example. You do it because you love it and not because you're trying to do it. And it's the same thing with music. Like, this last record, we put... I personally put tons of money into making this last record. Right. I never expected any money out of it going into it. Um, the fact that we might see some kind of return is great. It's a bonus, but I never did it because that's what I was trying to do. Like, um, we, we, we started, I started this band not to be a successful musician because I loved making music. And if that happens along the way, then that's great. Yeah. I think that applies across the board. No, totally. No, you're, I mean, this is what you got to do, right? Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Get out there, start creating content now. Yeah. Now the tools are there more than ever. I mean, I think about that all the time. Can you imagine if we were our you know younger selves now like if we'd come up now and we had all this like what would we be doing <laughs> like what kind of crazy ass youtube i don't know stuff would i don't know i just i just i almost envy like i know how blessed and fortunate i am to be able to do this for a living like, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind about that no doubt and uh god like we did it with like such limited tools you know yeah. like you have everything that like like youtube itself is like a platform that trumps 10 times over anything that we had before combined in terms of getting noticed I got noticed through text documents, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's, man, like, it's really like, you know, carpe diem. Take advantage. Yeah, seize the day. Get out there and get everything you can. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Bound, episode 303. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a product of IGN.com. And while the podcast is fun, and we thank you for downloading us off your service of choice and rating us on iTunes, it's IGN.com that keeps the mics on. So go there, read the reviews, watch the videos, just poke around on Colin's blog, see what he's up to, see what he's doing. I haven't posted a blog in a long time. All right, well, don't don't do do that. that. (laughs) Don't post that. Don't don't go to the blog. Read Drudge Report. You know what you should do? Follow us on Twitter. IGN is IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. Chris is Life in 24 Frames. Put a two and a four in there. Don't write yes, them out. Don't write it. Uh, every song. God damn it. I've been doing that a lot too. Because it's new. This you're is like, just a, that's like the third one in this a row. The, Greg, you're terrible. How do you have this job? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the new parts of Beyond. Every show ends with a song in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap Up. If you want to be part 
send your song to beyond at IGN.com. Maybe it gets played. Today, Chris is here. Hey, I'm here. He's actually in, he's in the band, Life in 24 Frames. They've been played a lot, and he's going to play an acoustic set for us here, a song, as they say, in the business, they call them. Yeah. Songs, tracks, tunes. Track, you're going to play a yeah. ditty. Which one are you going to play? This was a tough decision, because it's just me by myself. So yeah. I'm, I'm playing a different version of a new track that'll be on this new record. Okay. It's called Eureka. Eureka. Yeah. Get, let me, get your let me, guitar. I'm, I'm going to grab my guitar real quick. Remember Life in 24 Frames on Twitter. That'll get you all their stuff. They have some music on iTunes right now you can go get. I Singles on iTunes. Singles is on iTunes. I like your, uh, what is that, TIE Fighter pilot jacket? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. That's a Mark Echo jacket, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. That's Star Wars money. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, Mark. <laughs> you better pay Disney now, Mark. Uh, all right. This is going to work. Frames. Eureka. Experimental.
really good. Thanks, man. It's very different from when I'm trying to learn a song at the t- kitchen table. <laughs> Beyond! 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.